I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Off the draw, Eric Robinson centering pass off the rush. And a backhander stuffed by Miko Koskinen against Riley Nash. And that's what Koskinen has looked like in each of his last yep. three appearances. Here's Wierenski. Top of the right circle with a feet up top. Wrist shot. Side of the net. Cross ice. What a save on Stenland. Off a setup from Felino by Koskinen. And a faceoff cleanly won by Boone Jenner to the right of Corpusalo, and the Jackets are able to slip it past Kleppbaum, and now Nyquist on his horse. Right circle, wrist shot, save, Koskinen. Just the third shot he's seen in this second period. That's a Martin backhander to save made. And a good one at that by Miko Koskinen. He's got 39. Nudavara scampers back, puts it toward Winberg. One touch on. In over the line to Bois. Waiting, shooting, blocked, rebound. What a kick save. Rebound at Bimstrom shot. What a stop made by Miko Koskinen. Flailing around, and he got it with the back of his right pad, I do believe. There's the game summary. The Miko Koskinen show as the Edmonton Oilers beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1. Koskinen's final tally tonight, 45 saves on 46 shots as the Oilers improved to 37-24-8 on the season. They are tied for first in the Pacific Division with Vegas. When the tiebreakers are applied, Edmonton does have first place. Both teams have 82 points. The final stats on Koskinen... They took a save away at some point because it would have been exactly 100 shots against over his last three appearances. Instead, it's 99. He stopped 42 out of 43 in Dallas. He stopped all 10 in relief of Smith against Chicago and 45 out of 46 tonight. So 97 out of 99, which are significant numbers in the Oilers organization anyway, as uh, he definitely is the first star this evening. And those were his saves of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, Be Wise, Winterize. It's 11-13, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, live in Studio 99. Man, oh man. I mean, this was not a, a, a very good game for the Oilers, except their goaltender. Absolutely stellar. Yeah, Koskinen, excellent. And he's just continuing a, a recent trend where he has been all world. Um, he, he looks in control. The, the, he doesn't give up the, the, the big rebounds. Uh, any fear about a glove hand problem is, is long gone. And he had to be dialed in today. The Oilers weren't. This was, I, I said, the first 40 minutes might have been their poorest 40 minutes of the season. And because of great goaltending, they had a lead after one or after after 40 and eventually pushed it. And Columbus just ran out of, of, of gas at the end of the game. So it was a it was a great night for for Koskinen. And to me, 
probably earns them a start against Vegas here in their next home game. But there are uh, a lot of other players that were subpar tonight, not living up to, not playing up to the the ability and the potential that they have. 4-1, the Oilers take it. So they get another two points in the bank as they inch closer to locking down a playoff spot. Still probably going to be at least two or three weeks until that happens. But uh, again, another big win over Columbus, who an injury-riddled team. And this has become a story for them. They... I mean, they had a winning streak a few weeks ago. They're now 2-6-6 six, and six in their last 14 games. So they have been able to get some points, but not a lot of wins. And this is the, the story for them. They're able to work hard and stay in games, but ultimately not win them. We saw in Calgary on Wednesday, they're whatever, about a minute 40 away whenever Kachuk scored from winning it. They'd worked pretty hard in that one. You go to overtime. They've not been good in overtime and shootouts. And then tonight they're out playing Edmonton yet they're behind virtually the entire game because Chason's goal was just past the three minute mark well we, we talked about it when the Oilers had all their injuries when, when you're beat up and, and short staffed and, and have a number of players from the minors in your lineup you have to play perfect hockey and Columbus tonight had a, a huge mistake in the first first shot of the game I mean that that puck by Chason can't go in the net uh, if you're a team that doesn't score much and, and your top players out of the lineup You've got to play pretty well a perfect night. And a terrible goal, and all of a sudden they're behind. And this is not a team that's going to come back with the lineup that they have right now. So it was a tough, tough start for Columbus. But on the other hand, this is a, a, a trend that we've seen in the last little while for the Oilers. I mean, through they're badly outshot by a Winnipeg team here on home ice, uh, you know, earlier in the week with a Winnipeg team that was missing nine of its regulars. They went into Chicago, a team that's way on the outside, looking in, badly outshot in that game, and then again tonight. It's it's not a trend you want to continue. You can't... Con- goalies are going to win you hockey games at time, and that's awesome. But you can't continue to have your goaltender... And it can't be the only way you win. Because eventually, law of averages say something's going to squeak by. The goalie's not going to get the break. Tonight in this game, a great example. The Oilers are winning one nothing. Columbus is carrying the play, and Columbus gets the break it wants. Puck bounces to the right guy. Savardi's got a wide-open net. Misses the net completely. Like, that normally doesn't happen with an NHL hockey player. He scores there. It's 1-1. It's a completely different hockey game. So it was not a, a, a good game for the Edmonton Oilers. Having said that, they got two points. They put it in the bank. They're in first place. Now they can look forward. They, to me, they look fatigued. They look tired, both mentally and physically. And unfortunately for them, there is no rest coming. This is a tough month that the Oilers have. Their next rest comes at the beginning of April, but they have to get there first. 4-1, the Oilers win it tonight. The goal scorers chase on early, and then there were four goals combined in the last four and a half minutes of the game. Caleb Jones and then McDavid. Nyquist scored on a breakaway. Did a nice job to get his own rebound and shoot it in. Columbus pulls their goalie. Shane lobs it the length of the ice for his eighth of the season into the empty net. The Oilers' penalty killing continues to be good as Columbus goes 0 for 3 on the power play. The Oilers 0 for 1 on their power plays tonight. And very little offensive pressure from the Oilers. No sustained virtually no sustained forecheck though I did think Chase on Kara and Neal had a, had a decent game and I thought in the third period the line of Dreisaitl, Anderson, Yamamoto got it going a bit certainly not to the level they need but they were th- that was really the one shift 
I mean, think about that. There was one shift the entire game where the Oilers really worked it around and, and looked dangerous. Uh, you're right. Columbus. And they, 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 wasn't, they didn't lead to one of the goals, but they had no, some pressure. Columbus had a game plan, and it was uh, they clogged everything up. The, the neutral zone, uh, they pressured hard everywhere. Every time the Oilers came into the, def- into the offensive zone, they had five guys back in the house. So there was no easy plays in front of that. There was no cross-ice passes. There were sticks in lanes. They were physical. They pestered. They did everything they wanted to. I agree. I thought the Caroline was by far the Oilers' best. Uh, I know that when Dave Tippett put that line together, he talked about he wanted a big, veteran, heavy line. And that line is. They, they can play physical. They get in on the forecheck. I mean, they scored off the rush, but that is not how they're going to score score goals. They're going to try to beat you down below the top or below the circles, and they've been effective in the, in the couple of games. They're very effective tonight. And tonight, in a game where Columbus wasn't giving up much, you need to outwork someone. You need to win a battle. They were capable of doing that. They were they did it, and they scored two big goals for the Oilers tonight. Four goals for the Oilers overall. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Ascended Financial gives 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. You can reach us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms. We'll take a quick... T- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time out. We do have Dave Tippett coming up. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Make Columbus go the full 200. Jackets have spent most of the game in the zone. Here's an interior pass. Cassian to McDavid for a tip-in. 3-0. Connor McDavid just put the game away. His 33rd of the year. Edmonton 3. Columbus nothing. Over. 4-1 would be your final. Oilers taking down Columbus tonight. Miko Koskinen brilliant with 45 saves. The main reason the Oilers were able to win this one. I did see some tweets today that Louis DeBrusque mentioned on the Hockey Night Canada broadcast that McDavid may be uh, fighting a bit of an illness here. So uh, we'll see if we get any further comment from Dave Tippett on that. But uh, not as... Uh, deadly a game perhaps as we've seen McDavid play at other points no yeah and I was expecting a big one especially with R&H moving up to his line he had Cassie in there they did have the one goal tonight and that was a, a, a great play by R&H just the tenacity getting the puck in the corner he had two guys on him and then a pretty little play by Cassian. I mean, that's one of those when you're Cassian, all right, this McDavid guy just, just helped me get that new contract. I'm going to make sure you give a little love back. Gives him the back door, empty net tap in. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Connor and his line mates weren't uh, as explosive as we've seen them in the past. I think a lot of that had to do with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the way they played and possibly if uh, Connor was under the weather, that may have attributed a little bit as well. So... 
a lot was made of the lines coming into this game. That was the adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Nugent Hopkins taken away from Drysdale and Yamamoto. Ennis goes there. You had McDavid, Cassian, and Nugent Hopkins as a line. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Drysdale, Nugent, Yamamoto have been so good together. Do you think Tippett reacts to this game and flips things around, or do you think he's going to say, okay, this was a kind of a miserable game all around and give everybody another chance? Well, if he easily could have reacted after 40 minutes and switched the lines around because through the first 40 minutes, the others were not good. They created absolutely nothing, and it was still a, a game was still hanging in the balance at one nothing, and he didn't make the change then. Um, it, it just goes back to what has, has plagued the Oilers for for most of the season and that's why they made the trades for Ennis and AA at the deadline they needed another top six forward just about everybody has had an opportunity at some point this season right. to play in the top six I mean we've seen Patrick Russell up there who is a healthy scratch tonight so uh, the the easy play would to put RNH back with, with dry side on then move Neil back on with, with Connor and Cassian but I think right now you like that line tonight, the the Cassian chase on, or sorry, the chase on Neil Caroline, so you don't want to mess that one up as well. I, I mean, every time I guess it's something that Dave Tippett's going to do, he's gonna, he does the opposite, but I would expect that the Lions will start Monday the same way they did today. I don't think, uh, he's looking for something different that they haven't had. He didn't see it tonight, but he's going to give them a little bit of leeway to, to prove them themselves because tonight I think just about everyone up front struggled. So I think they'll I think they'll probably go to the same lines. Having said that, I would have RNH with Dry Settle and Yamamoto. They were just too good to split up. Oilers win at 4-1. Let's hear from Dave Tippett, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Uh, give us the thought on, uh, it's obvious, but on your goaltender now, kind of what he brought. The goaltender was unbelievable. The rest of the group wasn't so unbelievable. We, uh, I was worried about us a little bit this morning. There wasn't much juice in our group. And um, I don't know if it's mental fatigue or fatigue or whatever it is, but we were not good. Our execution was poor. Our ability to get to pucks to win battles was really poor, but our goaltender was really good, so we got two points. It sounds like the, kind of after the Dallas game, doesn't it? it was the same performance for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, the Dallas game, like they... Dallas game, they worked hard. We, we had some pushback in there. That's the way it was tonight. Some nights is like that. I was worried this morning when I watched our group on the on morning skate. And uh, you think about it all day. You hope that's not the way it goes, but it was the way it went. Fortunately, we were like that, and our goalie was really good, and we won. With an update yesterday, do you have a kind of theory as to why that might have happened? Because we got home at 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning on playing three games in four days and this is four and six and you go through those rigors of that and, and hard games it's it's hard so it would have been different if you were chasing the game the well, first you would have been in major trouble. We, we would have been in big trouble big trouble <laughs> so there's actually been a few of the last games you guys have sort of struggled there. the name of the game the name of the game is to win right we won you got to win different ways, and this was a really ugly win that you're both in. But you you got to recognize where we're at. We, you know, there's there's nights when you're going to play better than others. When we're fresh, I like the word. But the Nashville game, we played really well, right? But you you look at this. It's been a hard week for us. Hard work. We got a day off tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll uh, recoup some energy tomorrow, 
and uh, get back at it. A big game on Monday. So you're, don't you're read. Fine. Don't read too much. Like your your guys are reading into this that uh, we didn't want to play well. We wanted to play well. There wasn't a lot there to play with. But that being said, we won. Right, we got the two points. They're right on the standings. I just checked before I came. They're in there. We're good to go. So right, we got to rest tomorrow. Boys can sit home and watch the Briar. They will do whatever the heck they want. As long as they're not playing hockey tomorrow, they can do whatever the heck they want. Um, That's you, good. As a coach, are you mad when you have a shutout and you let the guy get in on breakaway? Uh, I'd like to see. I'd like when the goalie earns a shutout or earns a win like that. You'd like to see him close it out with a shutout. Obviously, you got a really difficult conversation coming up when you have to break it to the players that we're not allowed in the room starting Monday. Is that going to be a tough one for you? I was a little disappointed I had to come out here. You guys are a little close. That other one back there, you're a little farther away, you know. I mentioned that last week. The chairs were back a little bit, you know. I, that was my request. You guys didn't know that. So, no, I, I, I think that's serious business. I think everybody's got to recognize what's going on and, and, uh, Whatever steps they're going to put into place, you have to adhere to those. What would it be like if, if they decide you got to play a game? I'll deal with that when it comes. Would you like a practice when the building's empty and just us there? Do you guys get to come too? I thought you'd lock you guys out too. Oh, yeah. Lock you guys, lock you guys out and bring we the fans in. You now we could, we could, that might be something there. We have to go. All right, that's Dave Tippett. Some of the questions at the end there about the coronavirus and the possibility of playing games in an empty arena that has not come up in the NHL yet and perhaps some uh, restrictions for media going into dressing rooms because we are a filthy and germy crew. Well, some of them are. Not all media, but some of them. I'm not going to name names, but... Oilers win 4-1 over Columbus. I think Tippett pretty much uh, told the tale there. What was his first comment? The goaltender was unbelievable. The rest of the group, not so... Unbelievable as, uh, as the Oilers steal the victory tonight, and Koskinen's been very good lately. They're just showing Chase on's first goal. I don't think that was touched on the way in. I don't think it was either. The, the Jones goal the Jones was touched. Jones goal. T- it went off the yes, it went off Wenberg number in. ten for for Columbus. Uh, the first goal though, and that's what I mean. It changed the whole game. I mean, if the as Dave Tippett said, if the Oilers fall behind and they're chasing without the juice that they they obviously lack tonight. It's a much different hockey game, but now Columbus, a team that can't score, that's beat up and playing a number of players from their AHL affiliate, they're chasing the game. And all because the goaltender just, I don't know if he wasn't ready, he just whiffed, but it was a terrible first goal. And then on the opposite end, Koskinen was absolutely outstanding, got a little bit of luck, Svard missed a wide open net and actually almost hit dry settled in the face, he missed the net so badly. But Koskinen was excellent in this hockey game and my guess probably earns himself to start in the big first place showdown on Monday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one for sure. The Oilers are placed first right now because of the tiebreaker, but both they and the Vegas Golden Knights have 82 points. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, just missed it this evening, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer, Japanese Village, AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. John Tortorella is the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. After some frustration by you and Calgary not creating a much offense, this is exactly how you wanted to play for about 55 minutes tonight. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we could have played any better. 
was it tough? I mean, how frustrating is that for you as a as a coach to see your guys bored and other professionals that should play hard, but to pour so much into a game like this and not get rewarded? Can't be frustrated. We've got another game here pretty quickly tomorrow, so we just got to uh, stay about our business here. You've had trouble with the Oilers. You've had trouble with McDavid and Drysaddle in particular. How did you slow them down tonight? And just how we just proud played of that good as a team. Yeah. We played good as a team away from the puck. And, um, I mean, their goalie's the difference. That's the difference in the game is their goaltending. Um, so it wasn't any one particular person. I just thought we played very well away from the puck, just as we did in Calgary. Is that, is that the? I mean, that's got to be encouraging going forward. And you're only 13 games left, but you guys hadn't played like this in a while. I mean, fully like this. Yeah, not so sure what you're saying, but uh, we're not looking at 13 games left. We're looking at Vancouver tomorrow. Thank you. Read that said coach, John Tortorella. All right, thanks, Kyle. Kyle Morris working the visitors' dressing room tonight. The Blue Jackets do remain in a playoff spot, Rob. They have the uh, wild card spot with 79 points. They're tied with the Islanders in points, but the Islanders are put ahead because they have a couple of games in hand. So despite, what did I say it was, two wins in the last 14? They, they, they still are... Uh, they still are hanging on. Carolina is a couple of points behind, but they have three games in hand. We were talking about the Rangers the other day. They're hanging around three points back. Florida three points back, though the Rangers uh, suffered a loss today to the New Jersey Devils. So it's, I mean, it's interesting. And I mean, uh, it's interesting in the Eastern Conference because uh, you've had some teams, a lot of expectations around Florida. They've looked good at times, haven't been able to sustain it. Columbus has looked good in times despite the injuries but they're catching up with them. The Rangers were maybe written off five weeks ago, and they've fought their way back in. So, and, and the Islanders, who were an incredible story last year and most of this year, they only have two wins in their last ten, and now they're kind of hanging on as well. Well, the Columbus, with their injuries, they've still, as you said, two wins at 14, but they have a number of points. They're getting the, the overtime losses, which is allowing them to stay above water. Uh, Every time it seems like one of these teams like the Rangers or Florida or Carolina could take that next step and put themselves into the playoff spot, they lose a game against a team that they shouldn't lose against. I mean, the Rangers lost a, a huge game uh, today, and they it shows you how tough it is, and that's why the importance of banking points early in the season. It's chasing is hard. The pressure's all on you. When you're fine, when you're behind and all of a sudden you're going into a game, you're three points out of a playoff spot, and you're playing a game that you should win. All that pressure's on you. So every time something goes wrong during the game, every little bad break, it just seems to become a snowball and, and, and almost too much to overcome. So Columbus, uh, they, they, got, they still have a long road ahead of them. Even though they're in a playoff spot right now, no, their good players aren't coming back anytime soon. They got some long-term injuries. So that's why the Carolinas, the Rangers, and the Florida Panthers are still believing that they can make it. But they, Columbus, the way they work tonight, they just need a bounce or a break. Uh, I, I do like their work ethic. I just don't know if they've got enough offensive juice in their lineup to be able to win enough games coming down the stretch. Well, like we said on the face-off show, Wierenski is their leading goal scorer of the players who, who are active. And he had a couple of chances. And the chance in the third, they, they showed the replay. The puck just flipped up on edge just as he shot it. So he didn't get as much on it. Probably the better save by Koskin was the one on the rebound. Yes. He stayed with it and, and got his pad on it. But Koskin made the saves. And like you said, it was, I, I, not just the Savard play. I think there were some other shots 
over the net where you wonder if that's, you know, Anderson or Dubinsky or, 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 or whoever sets, even Seth Jones. Oh, for, absolutely. They, they, there's guys that are in positions to score goals that when they get in that position, they score. There's guys that are out there, when they get in, their hands become a little tight and, and they're hoping more than doing it uh, by habit. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the Oilers have a breakaway. Who do you want on your breakaway? Do you want Connor McDavid or Jujar Kara? And nothing against Jujar, but Connor's been there before. He, he knows he's going to score. And most players hope they're going to score. And that's what you have with Columbus right now. You have a bunch of guys there. They're expecting to do more than they're capable of doing. And we saw that a couple of years ago in Edmonton. And yeah. last year, at the end of the season, you're asking guys to do more than they're capable. And that's what's happening in Columbus right now. 780-496-0063. You can call or text. We're looking for somebody to finish the play as well. Uh, several texts just commenting on why would Tippett change the lines? Why would you mess up, or not mess up, but why would you take apart Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and, and Yamamoto? Fair question. But I was somebody texted in on, on Inside Sports last night, Rob, about you know some line possibilities, and I said, okay, well, the one thing we know is Dreisaitl, <laughs> Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto are going to be together. And then I come to the morning skate, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, so much for that idea. I, I, okay, so Tippett did that, and he said this morning, looking for a different look. Um, we, we know that Nugent Hopkins is an extremely good all-round player. Yep. I mean, he's better defensively. I mean, Connor McDavid is a nuclear weapon offensively. He is not Guy Carboneau in his own end. So you wonder, too, if sometimes, okay, we're going to give McDavid a bit of that security with a guy like Nugent Hopkins on his line. I wonder if that figured into it at all. Honestly, I, I, I think it's the other side of it. I think that Connor McDavid is not getting Connor McDavid chances. Uh, the offense isn't there. He's not getting the puck when he needs to get the puck. When he puts it in a spot, the guy that needs to be there is not there. They're not creating the way that... I mean, when Connor McDavid's on the ice, normally every time he steps on the ice, there's a goal-scoring chance or an opportunity or that that almost chance, oh, if that would have bounced this way. And it hasn't been like that for a while. So I think they, they want Connor going the way he has in the past. And they want him going uh, at full bore going into the playoffs. And he hasn't been as great as he normally is. So I think that they want to just give him a little love. Said, all right, Kay, we know that you've been carrying what we had. I mean, we, they went out and got two guys at the tra- trade deadline who have... I mean, uh, they gave up a fifth rounder for one, and the other guy's coming here with minus 45 numbers. And they were on the trial to see if they could play with Connor. RNH is a true star in the National Hockey League. He's a, he's a very, very good hockey player. And yeah, he's they, not a what-if player. No, you he's know not what a what-if. You know what you're getting every single night. And I, I agree, I would have left him with Leon Dreisettle, but I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to get Connor back going the way they know he's capable of. And if they got him there, then they could go back to where they had before. But... Uh, to me, I, I'm guessing that RNH is going to be with Connor on Monday, and they're going to hope that because if Connor is a little, it still wasn't a Connor McDavid night tonight. It's an interesting time of year to be sort of figuring out yep. which lines can generate, who's going to play offense, who's going to. I mean, obviously they know that with certain players. There's Shane and Archibald, we've talked about all season long. We know who they are. But it's, it's a totally different situation for the Oilers because usually at the deadline, it's like, okay, they're so far out of it whatever they're usually selling off or even if they get somebody we're really not going to know until the future but they're trying to nail down a playoff spot and figure out exactly where Ennis belongs they see there it's they, they seem to be very patient with 
Athanasiu and recognize, you know, they, there are some details of the game they're going to need him to learn in time for the postseason. And he was coming for a team that has been out of it since what mid-November and now you know the, there's there's a lot on the line for these games this is a really interesting situation for the Oilers because even when they made the playoffs in 17 the, okay they added David DeHarnay you, you, you knew who he was and, yeah. and he had a role on the team that was a bottom six role generally well with Anderson Athenio they're hoping at least one of these guys is in the top six and helping be direct support to the star players well, the Oilers did a really good job. Ken Holland did a really good job in the offseason shoring up his bottom six and, and made some good signings that, that have really given them, uh, you know, players that can play in certain roles in the bottom six. You get the guys that are the penalty killers. Three of their bottom six players are penalty killers. And they've been excellent all year long at that. But the one thing that they haven't been able to find is someone to play in the top six and play with Connor McDavid. The best player on the team to play with Connor McDavid is Leon Dreisettle. Unfortunately for the Oilers, if he's there, you have no second line. So you move him to the second line, now all of a sudden, Connor's by himself a lot of nights. So they bring in guys from other organizations and hope that there would be some magic in a bottle, but it hasn't been there. And you've got the most uh, explosive offensive player in the National Hockey League that's come around in the last 30 years, and you need somebody that can think the game the way he does, that can to get into the areas, that can put the puck in the net. I mean, there's been a couple games as of late where Connor's made the perfect pass that hasn't found the back of the net. And they want to make sure that going into the playoffs, Connor McDavid is at his very best, and they're still searching for that player to play with him. I don't know, honestly, going forward in next season, and after, I don't know if that player is on the team right now, uh, and that's something they'll address in the summer. So right now there's a, a trial. They, all right, who's up next? Who wants to play with Connor? And whoever gets hot at the right moment will be Connor's winger come playoff time, which could be a pretty exciting time for that player. All right, this texture says, how do players deal with the broken shutout? Does Leon Dreisaitl apologize to Koskinen after the game? Does he buy him dinner? How big of a deal is that play behind the scenes? Um, not real big. Yeah, I, 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 that'd be one of those where you, you, you go in the dressing room, you walk by, say, sorry, man. And that's it. And then it's over with. I mean, there wouldn't be anything more than that. I don't think you have to buy him dinner or something like that. But it's one of those, Leon knows he screwed up. Koskinen knows he lost a shutout in a, in a last minute in a game where he shouldn't have. I mean, that he deserved the shutout in this game if there's any game. But I can tell you, Leon feels horrible. I've, I've been in that position. You make a play that doesn't go the way you want it, and it ends up in the back of your net, and you're like, oh... You just, want, you just want to just walk right down the tunnel, go to the dressing room, take your stuff off, and it's like, yeah, that didn't work out good. But, no, you just give him a, uh, sorry, I didn't, that's my fault, and you move on. Oilers win it 4-1 tonight over the Columbus Blue Jackets as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Flyers win again nine in a row, 3-1 over the Buffalo Sabres. The Oilers are going to be in Philly Sunday. That's next Sunday, an 11.30 in the morning start. Philadelphia Flyers, I think they're in second now. I think they and Washington might be tied, but Philadelphia's second because of... Because of regulation plus overtime wins. So if that's the way it ends, two of the best series I've ever seen in hockey playoffs in the National Hockey League have been Flyers-Penguins series. 
The Philadelphia Flyers are the team that gets under Sidney Crosby's skin the most. Giroux goes crazy after Sidney Crosby. Yeah. That is a series that you want to see come playoff. Yeah, time. I remember that comment from Crosby. I just, I don't like him. Yep. I just don't like him. You know, a hockey player never says that. And, well, it, 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 and one of the stars of the game. I mean, we see how uh, unrevealing Connor can be yes. in yeah. a lot of inter- I'll put it that way. Well, I mean, the one series, uh, uh, Crosby and Drew fought. I mean, it, that is, that's that got the making of an incredible series in the first round. Then we get Tampa and Boston in the second round, and hopefully... Oh, you're just calling it way I'm ahead, aren't you, Rob? Okay. I am right now, and I'm, well, I'm going to throw just, Edmonton, Winnipeg first round, too. I'm going to throw that one out, too. Devils knock off the Rangers 6-4. Panthers win 4-1 over the Canadians. Spirited game between Tampa Bay and Boston. 5-3, the Lightning win. Check out the highlights of that one if you haven't seen it. Senators over the Sharks 2-1 in overtime. There was a penalty shot in uh, that game. A Sharks player put his puck on, his hand on the puck of the crease and swipe like he moved it about three feet to get it off the you gotta get line. your money's worth if you're gonna do it yeah if you're gonna commit the the foul you might as well kings over the wild 7-3 predators beat the stars 1-0 caps win in pittsburgh 5-2 carolina wins 3-2 in overtime against the new york islanders oil kings lost 4-1 in medicine hat bakersfield beat stockton 4-3 in a shootout at the Briar, Newfoundland and Labrador with a 7-4 win over Northern Ontario. So Newfoundland plays Saskatchewan in the semifinal tomorrow. The winner plays Alberta, the Brendan Botcher rink for the Canadian Championship. That'll be a 5 o'clock start. Third year in a row, Brendan Botcher is in the Briar final. We had him on the face-off show quickly on uh, Thursday. He joined us in between games. Uh, great rink. Uh, they've been good for a long time and a chance, another chance to win it all tomorrow. Third time's a charm. Alberta's bringing it home. He's a great, that's a great team. I mean, the, I, I love watching the Briar. Mm-hmm. To me, it's even more interesting than the Worlds because I just think the field is even deeper. Is even, is even deeper. Yep. And so many games come down to two or three shots along the way. And, and what I like about the Botcher rink, they... You know, you don't see a lot of thing uh, shots with with Botcher where it's like hey, he has to make a triple to win. They just they just pressure you, and like we were talking about, they say, okay, we're just going to force the other team to make the hardest shot possible throughout the entire end, and and then if they miss that one by a quarter inch, we pounce. They force them to make a mistake, and Saskatchewan was they played Saskatchewan where they forced today the couple, in the yeah. one two game, yeah. yeah, and they forced a couple of mistakes, and Saskatchewan made them, and all of a sudden Alberta comes out and they get to go to the final. All right, so the Oilers win it four one over. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Oilers up to 82 points now on the season. You're still going to hear from Caleb Jones. My goodness, we're looking for somebody to finish the play. If you like winning stuff going into daylight saving time, 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, 4-1, Columbus uh, loses. Why am I putting it that way? 4-1, the Oilers beat Columbus tonight. Both are right. Both, ways Both are, are right. correct. Mm-hmm. I should start with the local team, probably. 
Well, you know, I've already moved my clock ahead. It's like it's almost one in the morning. Well, for all our Columbus listeners, that if were they've moved thing. their clocks ahead, it's like late. I, I don't know, sixteen hundred hours. Do you remember that Spinal Tap scene? No. No, that's a great scene. Actually, I don't, anyway, honestly, about, I don't so think I've seen Spinal hour Tap. Time. This is Spinal Tap's a great movie. I've heard that. I don't think I've seen I think it you, yet. I think it's it's meant for uh, people of our generation, so to speak. Old. <laughs> We're a little more seasoned than some. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Mo on the line who is going to finish the play. But Mo, do you have a thought or a question first? Uh, I thought they won. They won ugly, but uh, I might sound like a lunatic. Here, but this team, I don't know what it is. It's, I pulled Bob off of this a couple of months ago. Uh, this team reminds me of 2006. I don't know what it is, something about them, but uh, they're looking good. Even though tonight was horrible in the last uh, three, four games, I've been uh, goaltender wins. But if they get in, man, I'm telling you, there's. I'm not say I'm not predicting nothing because uh, I'll do the old stuff for curse, but. Yeah. Well, winning always beats the alternative, even if it's a little, uh, even if it's not a thing of beauty for sure. Though it was a beautiful game by Koskinen. Okay, Mo, you already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. Nicked up yet again. He's only played 26 games this year. Up the right-hand side, Kara drives, score! Alex Kaysaw, a bit of a softy. All right, Mo. Was that the Oilers' first shot on goal of the game tonight? Coming 3.08 into the first period. Very early. I believe it was. It absolutely was. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Karting. Valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting Edmonton.com. Chase on 308 into the game. First shot, not just the Oilers' first shot, the first shot in the game. And then by the end of the period, the shots were 21 7 Columbus. Yeah, and the Oilers was, were up 1 nothing. Yeah, that was uh, one of the. No, worst periods that the Oilers have played all season long. Columbus absolutely dominated. Uh, they got a, a big break on a whiff by the goaltender for Columbus and had a one nothing lead, and Columbus was chasing the rest of the night. Okay, let's go back to... Sorry, Kellen, do we have the do we have the Miko Koskin post-game interview available? We do have it. Okay, the winning goaltender tonight for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Uh, I felt good there. You know, I think we... Yeah, no, I think we still play pretty well. Like you know, we kept them outside and um, they got a lot of lot of shots, but uh, most of them were like outside. That first period was like, well, I mean, you had a lot of work all night, but uh, the first period was so important because you guys got like one shot, one goal, and then you kind of made sure that they were caught up after that. Yeah, I think it was a big that we kept them down like the, in the first one, and after that we got a little bit better in, into it. So it was a um, Big win for us. Is it hard not to be frustrated when you play an entire game that good and then have one go in late on you like that? I, we would assume that's frustrating for you. But. No, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's 3 1. 3 1, so it was. Uh, that call didn't matter, so it was. It was sucks more to let that. In a, in a third, middle of third, and then it would be a different game. So it uh, doesn't matter. You found yourself in a nice little groove over these last couple of starts. Uh, how have you, you found the way you've, uh, you've been able to play over the, the last couple of games? No, I felt like good before. You know, I just 
you know, it's a small, small things. Like I said before, you sometimes you're getting a bounce and sometimes not. And uh, I've been feeling feeling pretty good like that all year, and uh, just try to keep doing that every day. So Koskinen, again, 42 saves in Dallas, 10 saves in Chicago, 45 tonight. He stopped 97 out of 99 shots in those last three appearances. So pretty solid. He's been excellent. Uh, the Oilers right now have two goaltenders on top of the game. That bodes well when you're getting ready for a playoff push, a playoff run. And also, both goaltenders want to show what they're capable of doing. Both goaltenders, the Oilers are going to be a playoff team. Both goaltenders want to be the goalie that starts the first playoff hockey game. And right now there's 13 games left. Both will be auditioning for that spot. And right now Koskinen has had a, a great audition in his last two starts. Excellent in both those starts. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. So Vegas, very good team. Yep. Pretty solid win for them. But uh, about a week and a half ago, 3 nothing over the Oilers. Really good team. And you hope that it's just a better all-round game for the Oilers. I mean, the, the, you mentioned the 40 minutes. I mean, they couldn't complete a pass. Nope. They, they were shooting the puck. Their breakout was, well, we'll just shoot the puck up the boards and hope it gets out. And Columbus was like, okay, we'll keep it in and attack again. So it's always interesting with goalie wins because it's the most important position in hockey. Absolutely. Sometimes I think it's almost too important, but that's, that's another discussion. Yep. So... Smith was huge against Winnipeg. Koskinen's huge in, uh, in Dallas. And, and you know what? Even in Nashville, even though the Oilers played better, Smith was the better of the, of the oh, two goalies. Maybe that. that's more of a reflection of how Rene played in that game. But, yes. But so you, know, you hope now that there's a response by the skaters because good teams have to have more than one way to win. And, and goaltending is usually one of them. Now, for the Oilers, maybe it's, maybe it's at the end of the year we're going to say they had five goalie wins and three of them were in a week. And that's because Smith had a yeah. goalie win in uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, obviously. Probably the other game in Dallas probably was a goalie win yes. for Koskinen. So, you know, maybe in the big picture this is just, just a little blip. But if, if now this is the only formula the Oilers have, that, that, to me that would be concerning. Well, that formula doesn't work. Eventually it catches up to you, so it's not going to be a formula that is going to find success over the last 13 games. Uh, I think the Oilers 5-on-5 five five are not... I mean, that's not their forte. And we saw that tonight against a team that just outworked them. The Oilers... If you're playing against the Oilers, you, you clog up in the middle and you don't take penalties. Then you have a chance to win a hockey game. If you play a, a loose type of game and you cross the line physically, well, that's how you're going to get beat by the Oilers. So Columbus came up with a game plan, and they played it to a T. Unfortunately for them, they just didn't have the talent level to finish. So uh, I would expect the Oilers are going to be better against Vegas. They understand that. The, the good thing about these type of wins is you get to learn from them, but you still get the two points. And as Dave Tippett said before he came into the, to the press conference afterwards he said I checked the, I checked my phone uh, they, they the two points are in the bank we, we got the two points so uh, well that yeah and, and that and that is key now having said that the way they played tonight in the playoffs probably doesn't win them a series because you're that you're counting on your goaltender to to be all yeah you can't get outshot by 20 no I mean, if, well I mean if you start a game being outshot 21 to 7 you're probably not going to win a lot of those games right so the others have to be better they understand that um, to me, a lot part of it, I, they look fatigued. And a lot of the plays 
looked like mental fatigue. And the play, Drysaddle throws it up the boards in his own zone right to the defenseman. Uh, one shift where Neal and Chase on back-to-back, five feet from the blue line. Neither could get the puck across the blue line. And they weren't being checked when they were doing it. Those, to me, are mental mistakes. Uh, unfortunately for the, for the Oilers, there's not a lot of rest coming up with the schedule they have. But just or being, for any team, really. No, for any team. But the one advantage the Oilers have is they're not traveling. Traveling takes a ton out of you. It just does. When you throw in the traveling, then the practices, then the games, and going to another city and hotels, that just wipes you out. If you're just in your same rink for a long stretch, playing every second night is not near as bad, and that's what the others have right now. I've referenced this before, but I think it's worth bringing up again. When I had the chance to interview Wally Buono, the great Mm -hmm. CFL coach a few years ago, he always said, I will always take an ugly win over playing well and losing because he said players, they come to work happier, they're more coachable, they're more receptive to feedback just because they won. It just changes the mood of the whole team. So you hope that's what this does to the Oilers. Well, you could see the the shoulders slumping and you could hear it in the voice of John Tortorella after the game. He's distraught. He said his team could not play any better than they did. And they, and they lost a hockey game where the Oilers, I mean, going to the dressing room, you, you're disappointed with the way you played, but you're still smiles. You're still happy. When you get up tomorrow morning, you can look at the standing and see that you're in first place because of the win that you got tonight. So, yes, I agree totally. I'd, I'd rather win ugly than lose, than lose pretty, and I think that's what the Oilers did tonight. Gator writes in. He says if they want to let McDavid play his game, they need to replicate the Toronto game when Neal and Cassian combined had more hits than the entire Leafs team. McDavid had more room that night. I wonder if that's the combination they wind up with ultimately. I, I, to me, it's been the most successful. And Ice Castle's Brad says, Reed, all I could think on Shane's empty netter was flippy. <laughs> hey, it was, it, it's, it's funny. There used to be a thing you never shot a puck down when you have an empty net. But the guys nowadays are yeah. so good. Two goal lead. Yeah. Well, even one goal. I don't care. You have one goal lead, you finish the game off. And then if you don't hit it, we'll tell your centerman to win the face off. So, to me, which would have been Shane. It would have been, yeah, exactly. He iced it all. So, he hit it right in the middle of the net, and that was, I mean, any thoughts for the Columbus Blue Jackets had disappeared at that point. We'll make uh, Riley Shane for his flippy, the fourth star of the game, courtesy West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. The three stars. Koskinen won, obviously. Chase on a couple of points is the second star. And Darnell Nurse is the third star this evening. He wound up playing 23-28. Let's go down to the Blue Jackets dressing room. Their leader, well, he leads the NHL in goals by a defenseman with 20. Zach Wierenski for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Yeah, I mean, that's how we have to play. Um, how we played a good game. You know, it's tough outcome but it's part of hockey um you know right now we have to find a way to get two points no matter how we play but i think we can take away a lot of positives going into tomorrow night and um you know kind of look back and just tell ourselves this is how we have to play Uh, and uh if if we play like that i think we're gonna win a lot more games than we're gonna lose it's just unfortunate tonight that we came out on the wrong side of things until very late you kept their two big guns really pretty quiet how how Mm -hmm. were you able to be that successful against them defensively 
Yeah, I just thought we checked well as a team. Our forwards did a good job of reloading, having a high of three. It allowed us to stay aggressive in the back end. Uh, I thought defensively we were sharp. We had good sticks. Um, just all, all, the, all the little things that make us successful we were doing tonight just couldn't find a way to score until late. How much was the, uh, the combination of, you know, Koskinen being really sharp and on and, and you guys, I mean, did you guys bear down on, on shots enough, do you think, or, or no? Um, I mean, I like to think everyone bears down every time they have a chance. Um, so I think we did, you know, bear down, but uh, he made some good saves. I think we missed uh, a couple empty nets, hit a couple posts. Um, just some little things where obviously we're trying to score, just uh, a little off target, and um, you never know what could change the outcome of a game. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of positives to take away, but at the end of the day, we have to find a way to score and find a way to win right now. Zach Wierenski. Rob, there are some good young offensive defenseman in this sport right now. Yeah, he's fun to watch, Zerensky. Uh He was noticeable every time he had the, was on the ice. He got the puck. He jumped up. Very um, deceptive. Makes nice plays. He has a very quick shot. He pulls his hands in tight. So it looks like he's making a pass, and all of a sudden he snaps one on net, and I think that's fooled a few goalies this year. Yeah, he's another excellent young defenseman. I mean, an excellent young defenseman, and he's not even the best excellent young defenseman on that team, because that's Seth Jones, who was, who was out long-term with an injury. When he went down, that was a huge blow to Columbus's playoff chances as they just try to hang on right now. All right, well, this should be interesting. Scott in Boston is on the line. Scott, it's nice to hear from you. Go ahead, sir. What's up, guys? Been a while. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. All right, so actually I suck, but whatever. All right, Reed, as usual, please cut me out so I have 20, time, uh, 20 seconds to do trivia with Rob. Well, it's 3.05 in the morning in Boston with the time change. Why are you still up? What, the, what else am I going to do? I listened to the radio. This is how much I love the Oilers. Sleep? They were on the NHL. I listened and watched the whole game. I, I, I try to keep up with them the best I can. I'll tell you what, I already, I'm telling my friends and I'm going to put a flyer on them to win the cup. I think this team could do it. That's a whole other club. That's not why I call, but just saying. By the way, Brady's going to resign or not. Guess what my opinion is. He's I think he's going to shock everybody. And, what do you think? He's coming to the CFL. That's what I think. He's I said XFL. Vince McMahon's going to throw $100 million at him. Go, you know what? Be, that'd be, be amazing. Wouldn't that he's be funny? Gonna, I mean, he's going to be WWF? He's going to be WWF. He's going to be a wrestler. <laughs> hey, you'll be, you'll be surprised what people do for money, Rob. Is Rob with us? Rob, you there, kid? I'm here. I'm here. Rob, you're up on me. 13-10. I keep track. I got a good one for you tonight. All right, let me roll through a couple points if I'm granted the time, please, Reed. Yes. All right. Now, mind you, I'm a huge Edmonton fan here in Boston. Since I was old enough to play Gretzky, you know that. I love this team. I'm wearing my oil hat right now. The only problem with this team is finding the right line combinations. But it's March. We're not in November anymore. It's time to figure it out. Sorry, what I month believe is it? I was Sorry, Scott, what, what month is it? March here. What is it in Canada? Oh, just how, how do you spell that? M-A-H-C-H? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, let me, please allow me to, please allow me to withdraw and rephrase. It's March. There you go. Here, <laughs> But, I mean, we're talking line combinations in March. It's like, come on, guys. Now, I'm going to get a little cocky read here. I believe I was the first to say this. I'm not kidding. About two months ago, perhaps three months ago, I said you need to break up McDavid and Dreisaitl. And that's when Edmonton surged to the top of the Pacific. Now, things are stalling a little bit. So I say put them back together. 
for now. Ultimately, I think this is Edmonton's game plan. I hope Gretzky's listening. He's the president of the team, right? Uh, no, no, that's incorrect. Gretzky has no influence? He's not the president of the team. All right, whatever. I hope people are listening because I'm right every effing time I make comments about what they should do. Oh, that's I did break them up. They, that's not I true. You said they should call up the, the toughest guy from the oh, minors. Oh, oh, they, they called up Yamamoto, who's the most talented guy from the minors, and that's why they were able to split them up and be more successful. Did so I not I, say that? No, you said to call up the toughest guy from the minors and put him with Big David. Or the fastest. I'll address that in a second. Again, please read. Don't dump me. Leave me 20 seconds. I want to hit. I'm going to get rubbed. Too much fun to dump you, Scott. All right, cool. Now, listen. I personally, I don't need crap. Whatever. I said break up McDavid and Bryce. They did, and they surged. Now things are like, eh. McDavid is being held back right now. He's way better than his numbers the past few games. Normally he gets five shots on goal a game. I'm noticing three shots. That's a big difference. That's a, what, 40% drop back. Time to put them back together for the next three weeks. Not gonna let them surge. Not going to happen. I'm sorry, Rob? Not going to happen. Why? Why shouldn't Why? it? Be, because the the team, do you see the team's record over the last 26 games since they split them up? They're like 17 or 18, 6 and 4. 17, 7 and 4. 17 and 7 and 4 since they split them up. There's zero chance. Yeah, I think, they're gonna, I think they're going to leave Drysaddle and Yamamoto together for a while and then see what else. I put I put way. Nugent Hopkins back yeah. with Yamamoto and Drysaddle and then I find. Yeah, that, I put, that yeah. was my next. That was my next comment, Rob. Just because I just have a little bit of feel for hockey, not to toot my own horn. Dry sidle should be playing with Nuge. And my thing, just trust me on that. They're going to get some chemistry. Nuge is a little crafty. Dry has got that little banging ability. And get, they the have court. chemistry. They're the hottest line in the NHL, Nugent Hopkins. All right, trivia time. Trivia time. Uh, uh, Let's on. go. Reed, can I get, I gotta can I get one more point forward. in? I got a big grandfather clock. It's going to take me an hour to move the hands. It's time for trivia. Can I get one more point in before trivia? No, trivia now. Uh, okay, I don't want to get dumped. All right, Rob, you're up. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're up on me. This is a good one. Now, it's a three-part question, but you'll see hey, why. Seriously, how can we're you three-part Ed- questions? Well, you'll find out in about four seconds. Okay, I can hardly do it. We're going to go Edmonton Oilers. Yep. First pick overall starting in their inaugural season in 1979. I want to know. Who was their first pick in 79, 80, and 81? Kevin Lowe. Kevin Lowe. Yes, 79, 80. Oh, I'm not going to be able to go through all of those. You Come can, on, we'll try anyway. Uh, I mean, can I win few, one? Grant Fewer. No, that was 81. Who was 80? I have no idea. I wasn't born. Oh, I'll coffee. give you a clue. Coffee. There you go. Boom. So it was Rome, off by 79, year. coffee. Got him. Basically got him. Gretzky was the trail. People think Edmonton drafted Gretzky. No, they nobody. Don't, nobody, nobody thinks, thinks everybody that. Everybody knows the, everybody knows the airplane story. Nobody thinks hey, the listen, Oilers drafted I have Gretzky. I great news for you guys. I'm going to start calling more often as the playoffs approach. Please, please do. No, please do. Your frequency give, lately has I'm going to give you Reed's private number, and you can just call him on his text line at all times. Scott, well, I, I can outwin you. And want another trivia question? I'll well, you you got, get I'll, some sleep. You make you Scott, make them like nine. Thank questions you for long. calling. Thank you for calling. Time for bed. It is time. It's really late. It's it's only twelve eleven. We got to wait up for another two three hours you before ha- we yeah, can you push ha- it. You have to move your. You have to stay up till yeah. two to no, do the official three. time change. I read it's three o'clock. They said today. Oh, I thought it was two. O'clock I always thought it was two. It officially happened. I actually went online. See right here, daylight savings. 2020 Canada will begin at 3 a.m. on Sunday, March 8th, Mountain Time. 3 a.m. 
So I gotta wait. I but gotta that's go. after you move your clock, then it begins. That's how I interpret that. Well, really? I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to find. What a we're bar telling that's you is, if you're go, if you're listening to us, you're probably gonna go to bed soon, or well, eventually. So when you do, move your clock forward an hour. Actually, I don't think there's a, a, a clock or a phone in the world right now that doesn't change itself. Other than my... Oh, that's not true. I have a clock with hands on it in my kitchen. It's a... Like, it's... My dad got it in the 70s and has given it to me. It says beer five cents on it, so it's a little older. That would be very old. And my digital uh, alarm, I still have, like, a radio alarm clock. And it doesn't change on its own? No, I got it. Is it the one with the little flippy things that flip every time? It's a little newer than that. It's digital. I should get one of those flippy ones. That'd be great. Then I could go. Every, then every minute I could go flippy. <laughs> I, I hated those because you could hear it click, like every minute click, while you're trying to sleep. We've really digressed right now, haven't we? It's okay. The Oilers won 4-1 over the Columbus Blue Jackets. You can get more on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Brendan Escott and Kyle Morris for getting us post-game reaction. Thank you to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30 Chet. Our next broadcast is Monday. It's a 5.30 face-off show. The game is at 7 as the Oilers take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line is presented by Heartland Ford. 4-1, the Oilers win over Columbus. Brilliant game by Koskinen. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.